Hello, I'm your host, Kathy Chester, and welcome to the Move It or Lose It podcast, a podcast about all things that move the mind, body, and soul. The Move It or Lose It podcast is for information, awareness, and inspirational purposes only. I am not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. So please consult with your doctor before making any medical decisions. The views expressed by advertisers, guests, or contributors are their opinions and not necessarily the views of the Move It or Lose It podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of Move It or Lose It. We are so excited today to have our guests on. You heard us have our guests with our singles and how to meet someone when you're disabled. So today we've got our girls, our sisters that have created an app for our disabled community. And so today I'm introducing hello to Jacqueline and to your sister, Alexa. So I'm so excited to talk to you guys about how you even decided or even thought up this app. We are so thankful that you did this and we are excited to just dive right in on how you guys started this. So welcome to Move It or Lose It podcast, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks We're for so having happy to be us. here. Absolutely. So I got to talk to you guys before a little bit, trading emails, and just so excited that you guys started this. So one of the questions that I asked you was when I had done a three-part series with singles with different autoimmune diseases and just listening to the heartbreak and trying to figure out how do I go on, do I go on a website or do I go on an app? And just hearing some of the stories that I'm sure you've heard as well, you know, just going somewhere and having someone attracted to you and then you start to get up and they see your, your aid, your cane or whatever you have. And then all of a sudden they kind of just look the other way, like, oh crap. So is that some of the reasons that brought you guys to decide we need, we need more than this? Yeah. So I'm disabled due to chronic illness and I struggled on the dating apps for so long. You know, my generation meets everyone on a dating app. So I was very, I was a strong proponent for meeting my partner on a dating app. So I would peruse and I would meet people. And I, anytime I would disclose that I had a chronic illness, um, I was ghosted or people would tell me extremely offensive things or people would just be like, bye, I can't, I can't handle you. Did they even bother to ask you what it was? Oh, hardly. Um, I think like the idea of a chronic illness is scary to most people. They just like don't understand if they don't have any experience with it, uh, um, you know, outside of what they think of a disabled person. So like I would have people telling me not to ever have biological children in case I pass something down or like people you know, telling me that their families told them not to date me because they knew so-and-so with the same diagnosis and it made their lives miserable. This is all on a dating app. Yes. This isn't like you're calling and asking advice. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so for years I would, you know, I would do a surface search on Google and say like, oh, dating app for chronically ill people, just because like, I really longed for that connection, that shared experience. And just like someone who honestly would just accept me for me. 
and I could never find anything. There were articles here and there of things that marketed them as disabled dating sites, and I would sign up for them, and it was not a legitimate site. It felt very predatory and scary, and I would immediately delete my account, and then I would go back to the mainstream dating sites, and the whole thing would happen again. Right, and- right. And because, are you in a wheelchair? No. Okay. Um, they have an invisible disability. So on my dating profile, I look just like anyone else. And then I feel pressure to disclose when it comes relevant and then it goes downhill. Right. Now, can you, are you comfortable talking about your chronic illness? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Um, I have gastroparesis, which really was the catalyst to create ability because I had to get a J tube and my sister, we panicked um, because like, if people don't accept me for me with my limitations before the J tube, how are they going to accept me if I can't eat three meals a day? And if I can't base all my dates on food, right? Yeah. At that point, you know, we both were worried about how this would affect her quality of life beyond not eating. I mean, eating is a very social thing. It goes beyond nourishment, which she wasn't getting from the food she was eating because she would throw it all back up. But there are other things beyond that, that food provides like social, it's just a social thing. It brings people together. It's an activity, trying new restaurants. Um, And so I really worried about how it would affect her social life, mainly dating since her friends are her friends. And while not all of them understood um, or accepted the change with kindness, you know, they wouldn't ditch her for as a result. Um, And at that point I was like, let's just make this app. Let's do it ourselves. No one's making it. It's 2020. Inclusion is at the forefront of so many conversations, and yet disabilities talked about seldomly. And there's no dating app for people like you, and they're the largest disabled people are the largest minority. Right? No, there's JDate, there's Grinder, there's all these different quote unquote niche dating apps, which I don't even consider datability a niche dating app because I think a quarter of the population is larger than niche. But right. At that moment, we just decided to do it ourselves and we hit the ground running and we came up with the name and the logo and the slogan, um, all from Jacqueline's hospital bed when she's recovering from the J2 procedure. Wow. I love that because I think it's so bold and like you having an invisible, like I've got multiple sclerosis and I've got rheumatoid and rheumatoid comes out, but you can't with mine, you can't always see where it's affecting me and epilepsy. So, you know, the try, woo. But with it being invisible and me being a few years older than you girls, back when I was diagnosed, it wasn't something we talked about. So when I went through my divorce in 2013 was the first time that I'd ever been on a dating site and going on that pressure from my kids, mom, please want to date at some point. So going on that, I was like, I don't know. And so I never disclosed that I had a disability and no one knew. And at that time, I was still able to run and still able to not look disabled at all. And, but still feeling like I knew the pain I was in. I knew what I felt like once I got home and I knew what I had to take to try to be normal. And you're right. Like the foods, 
that, you know, I knew that I had to eat differently. So it was like not eating there, but then going home and eating the foods that I knew I needed to eat or feeling the pressure, like I'm sure you can relate to eating what my friends ate and then coming home and feeling like crap for two days. So you've got those options. It's either not eating, have everybody look at you or eating what they are eating and then you feeling terrible. So I love the boldness in creating the app because it was something that I would have never thought of then. And, um, you know, I was lucky. I was a trainer then, and I didn't own my gym then, but I actually trained who then became my husband. And so I was, I was lucky in that, that he wasn't one of those trolls that was like, Hey, you want to go on it? He didn't say a word to me. He actually fired me because he had learned from, um, one of my friends that, I would never date him and I don't date clients. It's not, it's not protocol. It's just not. So he said, I want to take you on a date. I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like, what a jerk who fires a single mom. So he's like, I can't win with you. So we did go on a date and then the rest is history. So I realized that that is very few and far between that that happens. So had that not happened, for sure, I would be on dating sites because where else would you be? Where are you going to meet anyone? Yeah, it's, and it's like you said about hiding your disability. It's it's so exhausting. It's exhausting to chronic illness regardless, but like to have to hide it and put on a happy face and to hide your pain constantly mm-hmm. is it's really hard. And I'm sure that your disability has like shaped part of you and you like when you're when you're hiding it you like you're like oh I wish I could like bring this up because this relates to the story but you're like oh but I have to hide the fact that I I am really ill and so it's it's like really hard to manage and right really wanted to find those people who I could be open with from the get-go and not feel like I was either hiding something or lying about myself. Um, and I just, I wanted to find a place where I could be proud of who I was because so long I was really embarrassed to be, you know, to be chronically ill and to be disabled. And I just would kind of hide in, in my feelings and not be honest with how I felt about myself. And that feels crappy. It does. And I know I'm not alone in that. So, yeah. And so for you, Alexa, that had to be so hard for you to see that in your sister and to watch that happen. Yeah, it was. I mean, we lived together, so I saw all of this happen, you know, firsthand and it was tough because she doesn't, you know, while her disability and what she's gone through definitely shapes who she is, it does, it's not her whole identity. Um, I'm, non-disabled, able-bodied, and we have a great relationship. We do tons of things together. Of course, there are things that I do that she can't do. Like I, you know, I'll go on hikes, you know, I'll be gone all day on a hike and then be able to go out to lunch after to grab a beer after. So those are things, but I just do those with my friends or by myself. And then I come back and, you know, we'll watch our favorite movie together or we'll go, we'll take the dog for a walk. You know, we got into painting with watercolors over the pandemic. We do a ton of different activities together that we both can do. And so I just thought it was always so short-sighted. Yeah. Well, like need you to do everything together. You know, oh, just because you don't hike, you, I won't date you. I know plenty of people who 
physically can hike who don't like hiking. And so it was kind of, you know, it's a very similar thing, but because there's an inability or a disability attached to it, that makes it wrong. Um, and then, and so it's approached and looked at differently. And so it was super frustrating because she has so much to offer and just never understood. But I also said good riddance because those are the people who are not going to be with you for sure. And your health is bad. You know, but I'm, like I said, I'm not disabled now, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be. In fact, chance to, chances are I will be eventually. And if I'm married or in a partnership, I want that person to not leave when that happens. And those are the type of people that aren't going to, you know, accept you with grace and help you navigate new challenges. 100%. I mean, the couples that I can think of that um, the, the husband or the wife left once they found out, I mean, that's horrific. Um, I mean, I was married for a long, long time, very young. And the MS, I was so not really, you just couldn't really tell. And even that was too much. And I shudder to think when things actually turned, he would have been like, I don't know what to do. Bye. And that was three kids later. So I can't imagine what so many people go through. Are you battling a chronic illness like multiple sclerosis and know it's time to add exercise program and movement to your body in order for you to have the best health and independence for you? I am so excited to announce the launch of my new program, Damn It, a disrupt, move and transform program. For us, autoimmune warriors with a trainer who really gets it, me. You can participate in either virtual one-on-one -on -one training, virtual group training, or both. To find out more on how you or loved one can benefit from this training, email me, msdisrupted at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook or Instagram at msdisrupted. Look at the website, msdisrupted.com. Take a look. Can't wait to see your face. So now moving forward, so you got that, you decide you're going to, you're going to create this app. So it was super easy and boom, you did it. So, no. So how did, you, how did this work? Although development part was probably easier than like all the ones you launch is actually like way that that's when the really hard stuff comes. Yeah. Um, we put pen to paper and decided what we wanted the app to look like, what every page, you know, what the order of onboarding, all the icons. Um, and then we have our developers bring it to life. And so that's when we can sit back because we don't, neither of us are in tech. So we can't code. So we have someone else do it. Um, and then we launched in late October, 2022. And you can take it from me. Yeah. And we really have had great traction so far. Um, Good. We have over 3,500 users of really all, yeah, mm -hmm. of all ages, you know, all sexual orientations. It's been really incredible. I definitely see like an older population on there and millennials and so, and all different disabilities and chronic yes. illness yeah. too, COVID long haulers to wheelchair users, to people like Jacqueline, who it's an invisible disability, um, to neurodivergent or mental illness. Yeah. And yeah. What we really want mm -hmm. to, to create a platform about like diversity. Yes. I mean, I think that there's this belief that dating apps for disabled people could be like depressing and all doom and gloom. And it just doesn't have to be like that. Right. I think 
people who say that they would never date a disabled person as a disabled person. And I think we're, you know, those people miss the diversity of disability. There's so, there's such a spectrum and absolutely. And identify as disabled and you never know, or it can affect every single part of their life. And I think it's just really important to keep an open mind. And yeah, we, after launching, it's been, it's been crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, So so do people like give you their stories? Do you get to hear back from them? Like if dates have gone, gone well, do they check in with you? Like if it's been like, you know, six dates or so, and it's going really well. Do you ever get to hear any stories? Yeah, we, we're, our location function now is turned off so that, you know, people can log on and they'll actually see people. Mm-hmm. We didn't want anyone to log on and not see anyone in their area. Okay. We know that people are open to virtual companionships and, you know, with the pandemic continuing, people are more COVID conscious. And so sure. foster those virtual relationships. So explain that more because a lot of people didn't know when I tried to say that. Explain to the audience more about how that's more relevant now and how that's going to be different. Because I think a lot of people are more afraid or a little bit more conscientious. So I'm not sure I'm ready for that, but maybe more of a virtual one. Yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic first offered like FaceTime first dates for everybody, the entire country, whether or not you're high risk for COVID or not, when we were all in that short lockdown, people were having first dates over FaceTime. And I think as like restrictions were lifted, it became almost more dangerous for people who are high risk for COVID. I definitely know that we, you know, I felt better when everyone was wearing a mask in the grocery store. So there's certain things that I'm like, darn, like things are now riskier. And so I think that for a lot of the disabled population who feels the same way, to hop on and FaceTime with this person, you know, you can watch a movie together, right? Really, and to discuss, or you know, both order takeout and eat it together. I mean, we do that with our grandparents like all the time. Mm-hmm. If we're at eating dinner, we just call them stuff like that. It's still fun and it's companionship. I also think, you know, I went to college and law school out east, and I live in Colorado now. So none of my friends from all those years lived near me. So we sometimes go years, especially with the pandemic years without seeing each other. So essentially we are virtual friends, right? We're internet right. friends, only text, FaceTime and send each other posts on Instagram. Um, so I don't really see the difference there. It's, you know, right. be just as important um, and as fulfilling as an in-person relationship. And in these circumstances, it's also safer. Yeah. And I think one of the things that your generation has done for us is that you were way ahead of the curve for us, even for me. And, you know, the baby boomers, they're they're coming along or they won't, I don't know. But for my generation, I think that we were there, but it was like, can I really still have that, that super effective relationship? And once we realized, especially during COVID, it was like, yes, I can. And so for me and what I do in podcasting and influencing, I had developed so many close relationships with people who do the same thing I do and in the support groups and who run support groups with me that I'm actually leaving for California next week to go meet one of them, one of my very closest friends. And so I think that those relationships are so real that 
I believe that people that don't understand it really don't get it because you miss out on some really true relationships that you wouldn't have normally. And it's just, just as valuable to me as a friend that's next door or down the street from me. Yeah. I mean, my best friend in the whole wide world just moved to a different state. Does that mean that we're just not ever going to talk again? No, we're going to be right. best until we're 80, 90 exactly. years. Exactly. Um, but, and I think, you know, it doesn't also mean that you never are never going to meet the person either. Like you said, you're going to California. So you establish this relationship, this trust, this respect, you get to know, you know, intimate parts about each other. And then if you decide it's worth it, then you can meet in person and then go from there. Um, right. but you know, it can work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm the type of person who like the physical stuff is important, but I, develop feelings for someone based on like their our emotional connection and so like right. if you get that longer time to text and to talk it just seems like it'll be better for me that way I I know not like that but I think it's important to to at least try for sure so tell me what has been like so far that you've been doing this your big, biggest success that you've been most proud of well we were featured in Forbes which was very very cool that's awesome and, and, and our first press ever was in the Washington post. And I saw that day before we launched. So it was incredible. But that being said, I think that we get the most reward when we, when we get them emails and messages, thanking us and saying that this, like the work that you're doing is important because it can be, it can often feel like, you know, not that we're failing, but that it's really hard and it's, hard to make a difference and it's really hard to get people to trust us or to believe in us and I think that when we hear of these people who are going on dates and you know we heard of one person who did start a relationship from dateability and unfortunately ended due to you know just like real life issues related to disability but it's I mean we've been around for four months and if a relationship already came out of dateability for sure we're, we're mm-hmm. in good shape. That is really good. And the thing is too, is it's like real life that you're going to try, you're going to meet someone on dateability and you're going to figure out, do we match? Are we a good fit? And it's either going to be yay or nay. And that's, that's the whole point of you creating the app is so that it's a comfortable space that you can feel like, okay, I, I can, I can do this. I can meet this person and I can actually be honest about my stuff. And it may work out, it may not. And so now that you've got a lot of traffic going through, what are some things that you're looking forward to as the app is growing, as our people are more and more looking into it? What are some things that you see in the next year? What are some big things that you want to grow? Yeah, we want to grow our user base. We really want anyone who wants an app like this to know about it and know it exists, have that brand awareness. You know, that's really what we're trying to focus on now is just making sure that everyone finds out about it. And so we really want to grow our user base, foster relationships, and just get the the word out there that we, we exist. Um, You know, we will be implementing a friendship feature as well so that people can develop, you know, develop platonic relationships. So it's romantic. We really want to build a community and eventually, you know, go into advocacy and policy change and try to advocate mm-hmm. for the disability community um, with things like marriage equality. But until then, we want to grow our user base, foster these relationships, build this community, 
um, and make it a safe place. Yes. How have you been able to um, reach out to the LGBTQ community? Have you been able to reach out with them as well? Yeah. Before starting at Datability, I didn't realize how big the intersectionality was and Mm -hmm. that the disability community is largely made up of LGBTQ plus community members. And so we really want to make sure that it's an inclusive place. And so a lot of, we get a lot of questions like, are are you LGBTQ inclusive? And of course we are, you know, we include pronouns on our app and we have, you know, all genders and sexual orientation. And we're always looking for ways to make it more inclusive because we know we don't know everything and it's important to us to keep learning. Um, But we have a pretty big LGBTQ plus user base. That's really awesome. I mean, you girls are really thinking of everything and it's so important. And so, I mean, I know that I want to be able to highlight you guys and um, I would love to have you guys on when I do the next singles one and just have you guys on just giving hope because the hopelessness for disabled, as you well know, is just that I'm never going to meet anybody. I'm always going to be alone. And it's so hard for me to hear that. And it's so sad, the idea of people who really want to be with someone and the idea that they won't be with anyone is just so sad to me. And so I love that you guys have created this app. And I am excited to hear more stories and how it's being used and it deserves to be out there more. So I hope that we get some good listeners and some good feedback from the podcast. I definitely want you girls back again. And I hope that we can collaborate on some things with with the app and how it's going and with some podcast stuff. And like I said, with some singles groups that I run and see if we can get them together, get on the app. So people that want to get the app, give us the first thing that they need to do. How do they get on? You can download the app on iOS or Android. And we also included a web app version. Um, if you know if you prefer to use a computer or a laptop, or if it's more accessible to you, you can visit databilityapp.com and access it that way. It's exactly the same as the app, just more accessible on your computer. And um, you know, we're on Instagram at Datability App and Facebook. And you know, we're here, you guys can always DM us, email us. We love feedback. We want to make it the best app that it can be. We're committed to it. So yeah, please join and everyone should have hope. Yes. It can be really hard to just put yourself out there. And like the first step is just to put yourself out there and you'll find your person. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Move It or Lose It podcast, where you can again find us wherever you like your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, join us on that. And we can't wait to see you again. We're going to have a lot of exciting guests and working together. And as always, you'll hear us say at the end of every podcast, we are stronger together. So let's do it. Let's become stronger together. Have a great day. Hey.